coming up next on the Wet Fly Swing podcast. Merle Haggard has a song, a really famous song um, called I'll Never Swim Kern River Again. We don't know if it was his wife that he lost in the Kern River or his dog or, you know, there's all this kind of uh, hearsay that goes on with that. There's a Latin bass there as well. And if you listen to like Buck Owens music, he has like accordion in his music, you know, and it has kind of like that Tex-Mex kind of a kind of a vibe to it, you know. That was Guy Jeans on the place that created one of my favorite songwriters, the Kern River Merle and the Squall Hatch, today on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how you doing today? Thank you for stopping by the show. If you've been listening to the show for a while and been enjoying it, we would love a rating and review. You can head over to wetflyswing.com slash love, and that'll give you a quick chance to leave a rating and review. Would love if we get a chance for another five-star review. If you have any uh, comments for me, uh, any ideas for shows, episodes, things like that, you can send me a message, dave at wetflyswing.com. Thank you in advance. Togan's Fly Shop, superior quality products at an affordable price. They've got a killer YouTube channel you got to check out right now if you're interested in fly tying. And also, we've got Togan's Trivia Night going on right now. That's wetflyswing.com slash trivia to find out uh, what the question is and to submit your answer and get some free Togan swag. Check it out right now. Head over to Togan's and check out their channel and see what they have going. Togan's. Fairflies creates ethically sourced premium fly tying materials with their 5D brushes. You simply tie better flies faster. 5D brushes contain perfectly proportioned materials to tie amazing streamers, bass, and saltwater flies. Fairflies also creates intentional supply chains so you can change the world with every fly you tie. Head over to wetflyswing.com slash fairflies right now. That's F-A-I-R-F-L-I-E. Fairflies. Guy Jeans is here to take us on a ride up and down the Kern River. We dig into the Squalahatch. We get a little background on uh, on the golden trout. And this is the actual golden trout. We talk about this is like the home water, the home area, the home range for the golden trout. We also get a little insight into Guy's uh, music background. He plays live music. He's got a very unique, uh, cool, uh, cool chunk of music. We've got some stuff in the show notes for you as well today. Uh, another fly fishing podcast. You know I love it when I get some podcasters on the show. So I uh, hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Guy tells a good story. And uh, and here he is, Guy Jeans from KernRiverFlyShop.com. How's it going, Guy? Awesome, man. It's going great. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to have you on here. We've been chatting a little while, trying to set this up. So I always love a couple things. I, I, I love fly fishing and podcasting, obviously. And whenever I could talk to another podcaster who has a show, it's awesome. And you have um, a podcast we're going to talk about. You have a fly shop. Uh, you're down in the Kern River area. You've got a bunch of things going on. We're going to dig into all that. Before we get into in some maybe some tips on fishing and golden trout, talk about how you first uh, kind of got into fly fishing quickly here. And, we'll, and then we'll take it into the, your shop. Uh, sure, man. I was, uh, I'm a musician and I grew up in Ventura, California and, um, I have a ska band. I'm still playing music and stuff, but I also, um, was a fly fisherman in, uh, in uh, Ventura, uh, fly fishing in the surf and the local streams there. And, uh, a friend of mine, um, uh, told me about this place. It's about three hours from Ventura called the Kern river. And this is when, uh, we we're, we we're pretty young 
And so I, I, he told me others, yeah, it's great, man. There's some trout up there and it's, it's a great place. And, um, and so I drove up, I drove up in my truck by myself, um, and checked it out and just uh, fell in love with the place. Um, fished it for a long time. And then I noticed that there wasn't a, a fly shop in the area, anywhere in the area for, for miles. There was no fly shop on the river. And I had this, uh, I guess you could call a kind of a dream of opening up a fly shop and, and guide service. And, um, I, I just went for it, man. And, and it's been 20 years now. Wow. Just like that 20 years. Yeah. And, uh, so we've had the shop for about 20 years and, um, it's been a, it's been a great experience. I've met some of my best friends through the fly fishing world. Um, lots of great clients. Um, it's just been, it's been an amazing journey for sure. And before the fly shop, did you have any connection to kind of the fly fishing industry and, and all that? Um, not really. I didn't really have any kind of connection. I just was fly fishing. Um, and there's a great fly fishing club in Ventura called the Sespi fly fishers. And they were real instrumental in getting me started when I was younger. Um, you know, time flies and building rods and casting and all that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of those guys are gone now, but, um, they were real instrumental in getting, getting me started and they're still, they're still rocking it. Still getting people into flight. Oh, good. Good. And what's the, uh, I saw that on the ska band. What, what is a, what is a ska band for those that don't know? <laughs> oh, so, so ska is a form. It's almost like a form of reggae music. And, oh, nice. um, it's, uh, it's uh, got an offbeat rhythm. Um, my band has horns in it. So we have a uh, trumpet, trombone and sax and then guitars and bass and, and keyboards. Oh, and wow. I'm the singer. So it's a big, big band but it's a lot of fun if anybody knows like of the bands like the specials or the english beat or um any of those kind of bands from england way back when um in the 80s and stuff like that we're we're similar to that but you know more uh i guess california influenced you know yeah yeah that's great we'll we'll try to we'll circle back around at the end and talk a little more i always love to dig in a little on music uh, absolutely if we have a chance so yeah we'll, we'll dig into that um but today we're going to talk you know the current river is another name that comes up a lot you're uh maybe we can just start there kind of where you're at where is the current river in in california and then and then we'll dig into some fishing yeah so um the current river is in the sierra mountain range it's in the southern sierra range it's about three hours north of Los Angeles. So if people come to visit from other states, they'll usually fly into Los Angeles and then drive up, drive north uh, to the Kern. And it's about an hour east of Bakersfield, if you can figure that out on a map. And yep. yeah, the river the river's about uh, 170 miles long, which a lot of people don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's pretty long. It's a good, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of miles, right? Yeah, man, a lot of fishing miles. And you guys, and we're going to talk, just touch on, maybe we'll dig through a few, like the seasons here in, in a bit, but oh, what are the species when you're thinking out, you know, throughout the year that you get excited for there? Yeah. So that changes with the seasons for sure. So the, the most popular fish that people come to fish for is, uh, well, there's two, there's uh, the native, uh, ca uh, California golden trout. And, uh, we have those in our area. Then we also have another native species called the Kern river rainbow. We actually have three native trout in our area. So we have the golden trout, the Kern River rainbow, and a, the little Kern golden trout, which is a separate species. And um, 
people come from all over the world to catch uh, the golden trout mainly. But um, it's a it's a pretty neat fishery in that we have three native trout in our area. And the golden trout is unique because it looks pretty cool, right? Different from a, a typical rainbow. Yeah, you know they they consider the golden trout one of the prettiest uh, trout in the world. You know, it's just got this real golden yellow color. And um, they don't get very big, so you're using, you know, smaller rods. Um, I like to use a one-weight or a two-weight, you know, and it's it's mostly all dry fly fishing on small streams and, and, um, and the south fork of the Kern, which is where they reside. Gotcha. Okay, and you just got back from uh, a trip. Where were we at on this permit trip? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was unreal, man. Um, we went to uh, Ishalak, Mexico. Um, there was 10 of us and, uh, we just had a blast. Um, I, you know, I didn't realize that, you know, catching a permit is like such an, uh, an amazing, uh, deal and accomplishment, you know, when I went and I just kind of tagged on this trip, uh, just kind of almost last minute. And, um, I wanted to catch those species and kind of experience that, that whole thing. And, um, there's a lodge down there called the X flats lodge, which is run by a guy named Jesse and they do a fantastic job but um it was pretty cool man i caught a permit on my first day which was kind of unbelievable and um it was just neat it was a great experience learned a lot um the water the people the food i mean if you guys ever get a chance to go down to ishalak mexico and fish for permit bones barracuda mm. schnook yeah Ravel, all these different species it's a hoot wow what, what was it what was that first permit like for you you know if you take us there it was funny, man, because um, the guide, his name was P.O., and when, when you catch a, a permit, he gets out a conch shell and goes, doo doo Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's sweet. super funny. And, um, but he was, he was so stoked. Him and there's two guides on the boat. There's, there's a guide, the, the main guide, and then there's a junior guide, and the junior guide kind of looks for fish as well while you're on the, on the ponga. And they were out of their gore. They were so stoked. Um, you know, way more stoked. I was stoked, but they were just completely jumping up and down and putting their hands up in the air and stuff. It was really cool. And then he did that conk shell. Yeah, that's that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, let's touch on a, a little bit on this, on the current and sure. maybe we'll get into some, some bugs and some fish and stuff like that. But you know, let's take, take it to say June, say you're thinking early June, what, what are you kind of getting uh, prepared for during that time of year? Yeah. So, um, you know, not only do we have the, you know, the trout and, um, you know, uh, the cold water species, but we also have, uh, the lower current, which is below a big giant lake. It's a tailwater called the lower current. And so we will focus on smallmouth bass and largemouth bass in the river, which is super fun. The reason we do that in June is because we're experiencing high flows from the snowmelt uh, in the Sierra, you know, the Kern river, uh, the upper Kern River, which is above Lake Isabella, if people can picture that, is about 70 miles long, and it runs all the way up to Mount Whitney, and it flows from north to south. It's the only stream that flows from north to south in the Sierra Mountain Range, but if you can imagine a big, giant canyon and all the snow melting, it flows into this big canyon, the Kern Canyon, and we get giant water usually in June, and there's big rafting, big rafting outfitters that are in town. Right. They're doing that whole thing. So we're kind of forced when that happens to fish small creeks, um, which are, are filled with, with native trout as well. 
And, um, and then we're also have the opportunity to fly fish for carp in Lake Isabella, which is a really great fishery for carp. In fact, it's so good that we have a carp fly fishing tournament called hmm. um, Carp Fest in in, oh, yeah. in May, which is a super fun event. And um, but we have that um, going on in uh, May and June, and then we're also fly fishing the uh, the lower current as well for the smallmouth and the largemouth usually at that time frame. Yeah, there you go. There yep. you go. So you got a bunch of things going on. So you got the high water that's kind of. You know, June could be a high water, then it's slowly coming down. And then as you get into the summer, July, August, what, what's that looking like? Are you kind of getting for, focusing more on the trout then? Yeah. So, um, you know, we're we're usually on the, uh, the upper current fishing for trout, usually year-round except for May and June, usually. Um, it just depends on the snowpack. Like this year, our snowpack isn't that big. So... Um, we're not expecting big giant flows like um, normal years. Um, we didn't have that great of a snowpack this year, but um, yeah, in July and August the the flows come down, and uh, we're fishing in the Golden Trout Wilderness, which is a really popular place for for folks to go fishing and backpacking into um, that area to catch um, the Kern River Rainbow and the Little Kern Golden Trout in that zone. So we do that usually in July and in August. There you go. So you get some backpacking in, which is amazing. And, and is this mostly, uh, we, we've had a, a few, I guess we've had a couple episodes talking a little bit about the Sierras a little further up north, but yeah. is it, um, you know, are you doing both like still water and streams when you're out, people are up there hiking? Yeah, there are some, uh, there are some lakes up in the, uh, golden trout wilderness. Um, and then the current is interesting is that it flows through, uh, Sequoia national park, Oh, nice. Good portion of it. Then it it keeps flowing and it flows into the golden trout wilderness. And then it keeps flowing and then it flows into the Sequoia National Forest. And then it flows into the little town where we're at called Kernville. And um, and then it flows into Lake Isabella. So it's a it's a super long fishery. So there is an area of roadside access of 20 miles where you can park and fish and um, just fish along the road. But most of the upper Kern is uh, either uh, hike-in or horseback ride-in, uh, backpacking-type, wilderness-type experience, which is really cool. So there's there's about 50 miles of that, so a lot of people like to do that. Oh, wow. Are there outfitters up there doing things like that with, like, uh, you know, horses and stuff like that? Yeah, there are. There's um, There are some pack uh, stations in the area that take people back in there for multi-day trips. Um, and then we do... My my outfit, we do uh, four by four trips where we we have a full outfitter camp where we take people in by four by four to the South Fork of the Kern to fish for golden trout, and we have a full camp back there with with a chef and tents and oh wow, you know, pretty luxurious for for camp. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are doing, is this kind of the, I can, we kind of joked about this in the past, but like overlanding, right? That's kind of what yeah. this is like. Yeah, same gear, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a lot of fun for folks that want to, I guess, glam camp or whatever they call it, glamping. Yeah, glamping. Yeah. Yep. And um, it's just, uh, it's a real nice experience for, for folks that wanted to have comfort yeah. back in there, you know. That's sweet. Yeah, it seems like the, 
I mean, there's a lot of diverse places around, uh, yeah, around the country, obviously. But California is pretty, like, diversity, right? Lots of things to do, lots of – and you can fish year-round. That's the other huge bonus, especially you guys down south. I mean, it's – I mean, how is that looking down there? Because you've got, obviously, uh, it's not super – it's hot down there, right? How how has that been? Has it been pretty pretty, uh, okay, or is it it getting kind of crazy down there? No, it's – you know, our our hot season is usually uh, July, August, and part of September. Yeah. um, you know, usually like today, you know, it's like, uh, here we are in April. So it's like 50 degrees, you know? So the fishing on the upper current in the, in, in this section here where we're at on the current river is, um, fish is really good up until, uh, May. So like April, March and April is a really prime time to fish. We have a, our salmon fly hatch is, is usually early. So we have, um, a great salmon fly hatch usually in March and April along with, um, a great mayfly hatch of March Browns. And so that's a really popular uh, hatch and or hatches that people come up to. Right. Right. So yeah. And you guys have the hatches. That's, that's nice. And uh, well, let's the golden trout. um, I think that would be a good one to dig into here a little bit since it's a popular, I've never caught a golden trout, you know, and you hear about them. And I think, I mean, obviously they're, they're native there, but there's some other places in the country, I think, right. Where you can find goldens probably where they stocked them. Yes, you know, it's interesting um, that they've taken, uh, you know, some of our golden trout and they've put them in different states. Um, I believe Wyoming has some. some. Mm -hmm. Uh, Montana has a couple of lakes where they're at. Um, And then uh, I think some other other places have them, too. But um, in in some of those places, like in Wyoming, I've heard that they've gotten really big in some of those backcountry lakes, which is kind of cool. Um, But, yeah, the golden trout... um, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's mostly, I'd say 99% of the time we're dry fly fishing for them, you know? Yeah. And then, um, what other, what, what else is interesting about California, which a lot of people don't know. And I'm going to talk about this thing called the heritage trout program is in California. California has 10 native trout and, um, it's a really neat thing. And it's unlike any other state, you know, that we have 10, native trout right so you know three of them reside in this area the kern river rainbow the golden trout and the little kern golden trout and the california department of fish and wildlife have this program called the california heritage trout program and if you catch six of california's 10 native trout they'll give you some prints of joseph tomarelli the artist of these beautiful prints Hmm. and it'll say your name you know such and such has caught these fish and it'll have this the six fish that you've caught and your name and it's a really neat little program so people travel all over california to catch you know all 10 but um you don't have to catch all 10 you can just catch six to get this little joseph tomarelli prints of um of all these species man it's pretty cool there you go that sounds like and that sounds like similar to the what they call it the the cut slam right down in i think some of the other western states yeah yeah for sure you know, um, I'm going to read off, uh, I can't remember them all, but I'll tell you the, all the, the 10 native trout. That, oh, yeah. If you don't mind. Yeah, go but, for it. So we have the Kern River Rainbow. We have the Little Kern Golden Trout. We have the Golden Trout, which is actually California state fish. We have the Coastal Cutthroat. We have the Goose Lake Red Band. We have the McLeod River Red Band, which is a pretty famous rainbow. Mm-hmm. We have the Steelhead Trout. We have the Eagle Lake trout. We have Lohontan cutthroats. 
and the Paiute cutthroats. And that's that's ten native trout in California. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. And, and the McLeod is one that really sticks out because um, we were talking about that off air. The McLeod that is the strain that first stocked the uh, the Great Lakes system, I believe. Yeah, I mean, all over the world, there's a yeah. you know some some strain of that fish for sure. Uh, there it is. Well, let's start on the um, the golden trout. I want to dig into a little bit just on some, sure. some fishing and talk about it. So if you're playing a trip and you said the best time is uh, like, I guess the best time would be soon whenever the water, could you fish it like right in April, like right now, April, yeah. May, June? So the, the um, there's there's two forks. There's the north fork of the Kern, which flows into Kernville, which comes down from Mount Whitney, um, 70 miles down to our town. And then the, the, uh, fork that the golden trout live in is called the south fork of the kern and the south fork of the kern doesn't really get blown out so um, you can fish it um, as soon as the the roads open to to fish up uh, south fork of the kern you can go up and fish it it's actually open now you can go up there and try to catch a, a golden trout up that up in that zone so another interesting thing that has gone on on the south fork of the kern is they mistakenly introduced brown trout into the the south fork of the current and so a bunch of groups have been um you know trying to eradicate the brown trout in there which i don't think they'll be very successful doing because they're they're yep. pretty get pretty dominant in there but the the brown trout's you know favorite meal is golden trout <laughs> oh really <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I've, I've been sitting on the bank before and you know watching a golden trout and i yeah, I'll see a brown trout just come up and inhale that thing. Oh man! Then, so bring your brown trout gear as oh, well. Oh, sure. Up there. We'll throw mice. <laughs> you know, we'll throw mice uh, pattern. Yeah. For those guys, um, at dusk and dawn and stuff. So that's kind of fun too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you have that option as well. Huh. What is the typical trip most people like? If somebody came in, you know, in the next today or the next few months and said, "Hey, I want to go for golden trout," you know, what do you tell them? Do you tell them, um, you know, do you say, "Hey, go up to this this lake, get on the trail," or what do you say? Yeah, so um, we, we send them over to the South Fork of the Kern, um, which is roughly about an hour or so from the shop um, up in the mountains. Uh, you got to travel pretty pretty through a windy road, you know, going through that. Um, but uh, yeah, you got to go uh, up pretty high. They're usually in the 8,000, 7,000 to 8,000 oh, wow. feet range. Um, and uh, yeah, you just got to travel a little bit from the shop here just to get there. Yeah. And what would somebody, once they're going up this road, how would they know where to, do they just pull off anywhere and just hop out and, and there's kind of golden trout everywhere? Or what would you tell them? How do they find some fish? Totally, man. I mean, the tributaries that flow into the South Fork of the Kern, uh, most of them have golden trout in them. And so you can, you could be driving along the road and see a little stream and just pull over and, and go for it and probably catch a golden trout that way too. Um, or you can just keep driving where you can't miss the south fork of the current because it's a little bit bigger stream and you can just park and walk up the stream upstream or downstream and fish from there no kidding and what's the technique wise what what's the best way to go from really on the surface or under or what are you doing yeah so it's mostly dry fly fishing uh, fishing from downstream to upstream they're they're super spooky um they're wild you know so um you got to make a nice presentation to them um, not slap the water um, that sort of thing. So you want to, you want to cast from downstream to upstream and not try to line them. That's mostly what people do is they'll cast and line them and then off they go, you know? Mm. So the presentation is pretty important doing a reach cast. Um, 
So your fly floats over the fish and not your line. That's sort of, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and what is the hatches and things like that? Is it pretty much, you want to have a full box of, I guess, depends on the time of year, but what would you recommend say, let's just say they're, they're going to be, they're going out here, you know, now between that, the next three months. I laugh because, um, you know, um, I've been in situations where the fish are so they're, they're not, they're Doesn't not, matter. they're not spooky, um, way up high in some areas, you know? And so you can sneak up on them and maybe throw in a, I, I've, I've even thrown in like a piece of a leaf. Oh, right. <laughs> but, um, in some areas they're pretty, uh, weary. So you gotta, you gotta be, uh, pretty good on the, uh, the fly selection. So typical flies that we'll use up there, um, your stimulators, smaller stimulators, parachute atoms, um, Royal wolves, ants, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So the standard stuff, and it's not yeah, totally necessarily, true. yeah, just have a normal dry fly selection. And, and, uh, okay. So, and, and it sounds like it's pretty much, there's, it's not going to be super heavy pressure wise. You kind of just go find a spot that looks good and then jump out and t- find a little pool and give it a cast, right? Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not heavily pressured at all. Oh, nice. Yeah. You can, you can get lost up there and just, I mean that by in a good way, you know, get, go up the trail and just, you know, have your own piece of water for, for miles for sure. Yeah. And you said the gear wise, it's just take a a real lightweight rod. Yeah. Super light, um, one weight or two weight or three weight, something like that. Um, that's all you really need. The fish don't get very big. So it just makes it kind of fun when you have a smaller rod like that for sure. What is big? What would be a big golden trout? 15 inches. Oh yeah. 15. Yeah. Uh, I mean, usually, well, normally, you know, normal rainbows, a 15, 14, 15, 16 incher is a good, usually the best fighters, but, uh, yeah, but that's the end. That, that's, that's a big fish. Well, that's an older fish too, right? Totally. But you know, most of the time you're going to catch between, you know, uh, six to 12 inches. Yeah. Six to 12. Right. Yeah. And that's just a, uh, result of basically they're high up in the elevation. So there's not as much food. That, and there's so many. Oh, right. In my opinion, there's just. You know, there's so many of them and they're just competing all the time for whatever, yeah. whatever falls into the, the stream. With over 40 years of experience in coffee, the Angler's Coffee team and Joe, they got it going right now. Their goal, their only main goal is delivering excellent coffee to every single angler. Hope you get a chance to check out Anglers right now. They are responsibly sourcing uh, products from farms uh, using sustainable growing practices They roast and ship their coffee within 48 hours to assure freshness as well. Right now, you can still check out the Artist Series. Uh, When you buy the Artist Series with uh, Derek DeYoung on the bag with his cool art, $1 goes to Casting for Recovery. With a blend for every taste, a dry dropper on the go, and everything else, it's good to go. I actually tried the dry dropper recently, and it was tasty and easy. Uh, Basically, pour out 8 ounces of hot water, Drop that thing in there, swish it around, pop it up and down a little bit, and uh, keep it in there a little bit longer if you want a little stronger brew. The easiest way to get coffee on the go. Check out Anglers right now, wetflyswing.com slash anglers. That's A-N-G-L-E-R-S. Anglers Coffee. Make change today. Okay, so you got the golden trouts, and you mentioned the the carp and the bass down below and the, mm-hmm. the tailwater. So yeah. what other species are you thinking about throughout the year? Yeah, so um, most popular fish that we catch all the time is the Kern River Rainbow, which is in the North Fork. That's what a lot of people come up to catch because they get bigger. 
they can get up to 20 inches um, in the main river here. Um, and then uh, I like personally, I my favorite is fishing the smallmouth on the lower current. That's kind of my, uh, you know, I catch a lot of trout and guide guide for a trout all the time. So I like to do something different. So I'll, I'll head down to the the lower current and and fish for smallmouth and largemouth down there using uh, bigger flies, bigger rods, that sort of thing. Is that getting? We've had a, f- a couple of those as well. Tim Landwehr was on. Mentioned, we talked a lot about like surface uh, bugs and things like that for smallmouth. And he mentioned how you know in the last twenty years it's really gotten more popular. Where you know twenty years ago nobody was doing it, yeah. and now it's it's a popular thing. What's it like in California? Are, are there a lot more people doing the smallmouth now? I'm trying, man. Um, I'm holding uh, smallmouth clinics on the lower uh-huh. and kind of introducing people into it. Um, there's more people doing it. Um, for sure. Um, but sometimes it's a hard sell because people want to catch trout. Um, but some people are pretty open-minded and yeah, let's go check it out, you know, and we'll head out, we'll head down there. We can float it too. So we'll, uh, we'll float down there and, and that's kind of a nice experience as well. Just, you know, floating the river and casting to the shore. All right. Banks and stuff. What are you guys using drift boats? Um, no, we have to use, um, pontoons, um, just because of the the structure of the river, uh, oh right, broke. you're banging into stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a pretty intense uh, freestone stream, so we have to use that so we don't um, so we don't wreck. <laughs> yeah, have you guys ever have you guys ever dumped one of those pontoons? Uh, no, I, luckily, no. Uh, uh-uh. that's good. You know, I kind of try to keep it in the class, uh, you know, up to class three zone. I don't like going over that. You know, especially with clients. I try yeah. to, keep, to keep it in that zone. I don't want to scare people, you know? No, I know. I know. It's been, <laughs> I've been in a few tricky spots over in my years in, in a raft in whitewater and fishing. And it's, yeah, it's never, it, it only takes a second. That's the thing. It could go from like totally fine. And then you're pinned up against a rock in like a split second. So it's kind of crazy. We have this, um, this really funny, uh, thing, um, on Instagram called kooks of the Kern. And it's just funny things that that people do on the on the Kern River, you know, whether it's you know, wrapping a kayak or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It's just super funny. Well, this guy, this guy stopped at the shop, um, and he had this drift boat. Um, I mean, it was a high dollar drift boat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe like ten thousand dollars or more i'm not sure. sure but it was a really nice one it had even had a trolling motor on it and you know it was ridiculous and he he came in and he was adamant about um drifting the river in this drift boat and i'm yeah i'm saying no man you can't use a drift boat in this river oh no man i do it all the time he says you know i yeah i i go on this river and that river and this and that and i'm like i go i'm warning you man don't do it yeah <laughs> and he he put it in and he he uh, bottomed that thing out, and the water filled it up, and he got stuck on a rapid, and oh. it was it was bad news. He did. He dumped it. But he made the kooks of the current on Instagram. <laughs> wow. Is there a photo of, like, his boat full of water or just— <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. It's great to look at. Oh, wow. Okay. We'll definitely put a, put that in the show notes. We, I mean, again, yeah, the drift boat is an interesting thing because the drift boat is, you know, we did a whole series on drift boats here, a mini series on the podcast. Yeah. So we have, we have a lot of the history and stuff, but yeah, I mean, the drift boat's great because it's more maneuverable than rafts and pontoons, yeah. but obviously it's a hard boat. So if you run into a rock, you can get into some danger. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's, that sounds interesting. Yeah, so I, I know, and I've, it, it, like I said, it could happen. I've been in situations, I've never dumped a drift boat, but I've dumped a raft before, and, and it's it's a weird feeling when you're upside down floating and all your gears floating up behind you. Yeah. <laughs> that's never a good feeling. No. <laughs> or you lose your clients, you know, sage rods or Winston rods or whatever. Yeah, not good. Exactly. Yeah, that's where the insurance comes in. So, okay. Well, th- this is awesome. I mean, you guys. Um, I mean, the, so on the bass. So the smallmouth bass. Yeah. Are you? Are you able? Are they good to eat? You know, I I don't eat them, but some some people, you know, I guess do. But most of it's all, you know, we we promote the catch and release thing down there. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the smallmouth bass, you know, come from uh, back east, and they they introduced the smallmouth bass into our lower current in the 1940s and they've done really well and they've they've uh maintained a really good population down there and it's uh it's just a it's just a lot of fun man you know I, yeah if people haven't caught a small mouth uh on a fly rod before you got to give it a, give it a try it's a lot of fun they pull hard exactly yeah they're real aggressive and that is cool so you and you mentioned the current so the lower current and i guess was it the north fork where you're getting some of those bigger uh rainbows yeah, so um, folks will come up to uh, to target those, um, and we have uh, a wild trout section, which um, people like to hike into and fish. You know, it's kind of more of a wilderness type experience, and the fish get bigger there. Um, they're really focused on um, the hatches and the the bugs in the river. So we we're mm-hmm. we're mainly a stonefly stream, so we fish a lot of golden stonefly patterns, um, black stonefly patterns, or the salmon fly. Um, nymphs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We do a lot, a lot of nymphing on the North Fork. Although we do have great hatches as well. So all the all the nymphing techniques work fantastic. Um, we swing flies. We strip streamers. Um, uh-huh. We have brown trout as well in the North Fork. So occasionally we'll we'll catch those. Um, they're rare, but we do still have them in the system. Um, and we also have. Um, chinook salmon and kokanee salmon in lake isabella which which do runs up the the north fork as well right yeah you get it all that's the take home so and if we keep on this this tour we've got you know into the summer things are getting hotter so what does it look like as you turn the corner and you're looking more towards the fall what are you guys getting excited for you know like the the fall fishing like i think a lot of places is always awesome you know, on the current, you know, we have the leaves changing, the weather's changing. Um, you know, in the summertime, we're trunking it. We're just wearing our, our mm-hmm. boots and shorts, you know. But um, as it starts to get cold, we're back in waders. And, you know, the leaves are changing. The, the fish seem really happy. Water temperatures kind of come down to the 55, 60 range. And everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the fishermen are happy the fish are happy everybody's happy and it's a good time and great hatches in the fall um we just have a lot of a lot of uh streamer stuff too that we like to do as well oh okay streamers for is this for browns or for rainbows both both yep and this is on again is it is it in the fall are you thinking i'm trying to remember now so the the kern the main stem this is the north this would be the main stem kern river yeah where you yeah. guys are hitting some of these, uh, I'm just picturing you, you know, kind of, uh, stripping streamers or, or is that kind of what it looks like? Why don't you take us yeah. there for a minute? How, how does that look in the fall? What, you know, you go out there any given day, I guess it depends if there's a hatch going on or whatever, but, yeah. but what are you bringing out for gear? Well, we have, um, deep water, um, as well as really shallow water. So 
lot of the times when I'm guiding, I'll have, you know, three rods with me and I'll set up with different techniques for my clients. But also I'll have people when they come in the shop, I'll make sure you, you know, bring a, another rod with a different technique because, you know, there could be a hatch at any certain time or you may want to, you know, fish up through a section, you know, a hundred yard section and then turn around and, and fish your streamer or, or a wet fly mm-hmm. and swing it down through the same section, you know, so, and you'll pick up fish um, with all the different techniques for sure. So it's, it's all there. Yeah. You guys, you guys got it. I mean, essentially the, the diversity is, is there. Um, what are the hatches? Just take us there in the fall. Is it kind of normal stuff? You'd be thinking lots of caddis and, and mayflies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mayflies. Um, um, all the caddis, you know, that the caddis are kind of like the main thing that we're, we're doing. And we also have trichos, you know, which, uh, later on in the season, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's all the major ones that, uh, you'll see, especially caddis. That's a kind of a big one for us in the fall for sure. If somebody was coming up there and I mean, the, obviously the best thing would be to swing in the shop if they couldn't get in there, where would you direct them to get some information as far as hatches, you know, where to go, things like that on, if they're coming up to that area? You know, the, the resource that, that, uh, we have, you know, at the shop, we, we actually have fishing reports, um, at our website, com, and people can go on there and get information, um, call in the shop too. everybody that works at the shop, all the guides, um, that work here, all really friendly. Um, we'll give all the information that you need to have a wonderful day on the stream, you know, fly selection, whatever you can, uh, whatever you need basically. But, um, our, our website is probably the best source for, uh, any information on the, on the river for that includes the, uh, the podcast, right? You guys have this podcast going. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, love to have you on it too, you know? Yeah. Um, the, uh, the podcast is called the Kern River Fly Shop Podcast, and it's um, what I, on, on uh, my podcast, I have uh, people from uh, fishing game wardens to musicians to um, bass pros to fly fishing um, experts, you know, and just a variety of, of stuff that I'm interested in. And, you know, it's cool having the podcast and, you know, you learn a lot. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And, um, you know, we also have a guide round table on there too. So, uh, once a week, um, or every other week we'll have all the guides, um, talk about what's going on on the river, the hatches, the techniques that they're using, all that kind of stuff too. So it's a good, good information yeah, for this area. That's a good uh, resource as well. How did the whole podcast thing come to be? Um, I think it was just, uh, just me thinking, um, you know, I'd like to, like to try doing that. And yeah, I guess you're a musician, so you know, the microphones, right. You already have that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, um, that's what I'll, I, I would love to have you on, on my podcast. I'd love to talk to you about stuff like that, you know, yeah, it would be really cool. Um, and your podcast and how you started too. But, um, yeah, yeah. So my, um, my idea of just, you know, having friends, um, on the podcast and just, BS and really, you yep. know, and just having a good time talking about different stuff. Um, some of the, some of the well-received, um, podcasts that one of the best received podcasts I've had was the fishing game warden that we had on mm-hmm. and just his stories of, you know, all the poachers and all that kind of stuff is super interesting. And he's by himself. It's, it's really sad, but he's by himself, you know, with these people with guns. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So pretty crazy. 
<laughs> no, it sounds amazing. I mean, I, I remember uh, it reminds me of a book I read many years ago called Wildlife Wars. And it was about, a, I think it was a California fishing, or it was a California game warden. Or, a, yeah. you know, a, yeah, and, and he told yeah. all of his stories. And it was so riveting, you know, like, just like you're saying, there's these stories of him infiltrating some poachers out hunting. And, yeah, I mean, that's, that's legit, man. These guys, I mean, they're obviously, they have guns. It's, it's not, it's, not yeah. a, uh, it's, it's a pretty tough job. Yeah, there's one story on there where he was telling me that um, he was by himself and he would pretend that he came up on some gang members that were fishing on the on the river and he knew they didn't have licenses but he yeah. pretended like he had backup you know like he would talk into his <laughs> yeah i'll be right there man i'm just going to talk to these guys real quick you know <laughs> oh man yeah <laughs> you know and he had and these guys you know were not were not good guys you know no that's the weird <laughs> thing about well, kind of i mean the funny thing about it kind of funny is uh, the outdoors. I mean, even the, the right the criminals, everybody loves, there's lots of people that love the outdoors, including like, you know, convicts and stuff. That's the, the crazy thing. So you never know. Although obviously it's, uh, you know, you're never worried about stuff uh, or it's pretty safe in the outdoors. You know, um, you do occasionally hear about some weird random stuff that happens. Yeah, for sure. He, um, he had so many stories, man. It was, it was cool. Uh, and one of the other things that um, I wanted to talk to you guys about too, or talk to you about, excuse me, is that, um, we we are so close to the ocean, too, that we we actually fly fish in the in the surf um, here as well. So we'll, we host trips on um, fly fishing in the surf for uh, a fish called a corbina. Oh yeah, and um, and surf perch and leopard sharks and that sort of thing. So we're so close. I grew up doing that. So I'll I'll do trips over there or, or hold hold clinics. Um, fly fishing in the surf clinics over there. And that's, that's just kind of a cool option as well during the winter time. We'll do that quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put a link. We had an episode, uh, 219 with, uh, Al, I'm going to get the name, his last name. Al uh, what's that? Al, Al Q. Q. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He broke down. Uh, he went into a lot, but focused on Corbina and yeah. surf fishing. So yeah, we did one there. That was, a uh, that was interesting. Cause yeah, I hadn't really heard much about that. And apparently, uh, well, he's got a, he's even got a, like a book on it too. So yeah, uh, yep. that's really cool. Is, is that another thing that's kind of like bass getting more, kind of getting more popular as you go? Totally. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles of California coastline and you've got so many species that you can target, you know, the, the Corbina is kind of like the prize. That's like catching a big brown or rainbow trout you know in the in the fly fishing surf world but these fish they'll come up on the beach and you can see them sight cast to them and you're using crab style patterns it's, right. it's really that's really sweet. cool really fun yeah that's really awesome yeah almost too much good stuff going on there which is which is great. I want to just go, go back to the podcast really quick there. Sure. Um, cause I, I'm just curious always how people are doing it. So you, you got your episodes you're doing, you're essentially, you're the host and are yeah. you doing, are you doing call and stuff or are people coming into your studio? Yeah, I just, um, I just had Simon Gosworth on the, on the podcast. So I had to do a call in with him, but yeah, there's a few call-ins and, but then I'll also have people, um, just come up, you know, they'll come up into yeah. the, and actually have like a studio, um, next door to the fly shop and you know we make it real nice we have some uh uh a beer and and yeah. drink stuff and and Perfect. then uh, get right into having a good time and get some food and it's a kind of like a, a fun social thing that goes on for sure exactly i'll have to mm -hmm. i think i'll have to hit you up maybe swing by sometime I, i'm up oh. north but uh <laughs> yeah 
Awesome. So, and you guys are doing, and what are you, I'm just curious, like on the, the backend stuff, how, how are you hosting it? Who's, who's your host for the podcast? So I am doing, uh, I'm on uh, waypoint TV. Oh yeah. 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 They're taking care of it. Yep. Yeah. They're doing that. And then I'm also on anchor. Is that are yeah, you talking you're about the backend that way? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who, who's your files are going into anchor. What about you? Um, I do, uh, I've used Lipson forever. They're like one of the oldest podcast hosts and, uh, anchor I think is, is, is better now because it's owned by Spotify. Yes. And, uh, you know, um, but typically just to get nerdy on a little bit, the, all the free hosting platforms, typically it's not a good business model. So they've all kind of gone out of business over time. Uh Um, but, um, but yeah, because Spotify is doing such a great job with podcasting. They've, they're putting a lot of money into it. I mean, obviously they bought, um, you know, Joe Rogan, right. For like a hundred million. Yeah, and, great. and, uh, and so there's these podcasts as podcast continues to grow, you know, there's a lot more money in it now, but, um, but yeah, so I think, uh, anchors probably okay because it's, it's Spotify has got it under control, yeah. but uh, that always worries me whenever it's free that, you know, that's tough. But, uh, so mm-hmm. Lipson's good. You know, I always love to give a shout out to Buzzsprout. We use them for another podcast that we do. Okay, um, but cool. yeah, it's, it's mainly, it's, you know, get something, get going. I always like to tell people, cause I love to see new podcasts. You know, it's really easy. The, the barrier to entry is pretty easy. You can just get out and do it. Don't worry about all the tech. Just, just grab your phone, whatever you have to do and just do it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm learning too, you know, just, it's a constant, constant thing of learning, learning how to do it. And it's, uh, which I like, I like that kind of stuff. Yep. So you're going to keep doing it. The podcast is, is that a, like a weekly show? Yeah. Um, well, it, when I went to Mexico, I wasn't able to do one, but yeah, it's, um, I'm trying to keep it that, you know, at least once a week or every other week if possible. Nice. What, what's coming up? What's your next episode? Do you have that in the the bag? Um, let's see. Um, nope. I just have, uh, I do have a bunch of, uh, folks that I want to get on it. We're just trying to schedule it kind of like you and I trying yeah. to get that in the books. But, um, the next one will be a guide round table that was real easy for us to do real quick. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, good. Well, that's good. I'm uh, glad we had a chance to kind of check on uh, the podcast, but I'll put a link out to some of your, yeah, the, the show there in the show notes. Thanks. Um, yeah. What, what else did we miss? We're taking it around to the year. I guess we go into the the winter really quick. If you know, you head into say that December, January, February, is it still fishing great down there? Yeah. So we're, we're year round and, um, you know, we're, it's a kind of a water temperature game for us here. Um, uh, we find that, once the water temperature goes below 40, um, that things just are just shut down on the upper current. So, um, once they, they get below 40, we, we, it's, it's pretty hard to catch the, the current river rainbows. Um, but once it gets into that 45 range, which this winter, we kind of stayed in that range, that 45 degree range. And so the fishing through the winter was actually really good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have options as well. So when the water temperature gets, uh, too cold on the upper will go down to the lower kern which is the tailwater below lake isabella which flows towards bakersfield and that's usually 10 degrees warmer mm. and um there are trout down there as well um so we'll focus uh focus on those fish as well there you go so and it continues year round year round yeah there's always some somewhere to fish um some species to catch uh, in the southern sierra for sure yeah, and, and that's right, the Sierras. What is you mentioned Bakersfield? I'm always interested in the music. That's why I, I kind of love oh, yeah. you know, your your background. It's <laughs> yeah. I, I have a um, 
I've always loved kind of some of the old country, like Merle Haggard. You know, you got all these kind of old school guys, and obviously he's yeah. got a connection out there. What is that? What is that scene like? Is the music scene for you? I, I don't even know Bakersfield, whatever. Describe the scene out there. What's that like? Oh, for sure, man. Thanks for asking about that too. That's a it's a really cool subject. So, um, coming from Ventura, you know, I come from the beach scene. You know, I was a surfer kid. Um, played oh, yeah. the, played the reggae ska music. And where is Ventura? Ventura in relation to LA. So it's an hour north on the coast. Yeah, so like perfect. It's um, if you cruise up the 101 freeway, it's about an hour north, and it's close to Santa Barbara, California. So um, you know, growing up in uh, Ventura, you know, I was in that scene. It was kind of in the ska, punk, uh, reggae type scene. You know, which I didn't really know anything about the the country music scene at all. Really, I was kind of immersed into that um, growing up. What year was this, by the way? Sorry, just oh, just sure. rough when you're. So, um, this would be like, um, uh, the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Yeah. 80, okay. Perfect. So when I was, uh, you know, in high school and yeah. So you're right in that era just for people, you know, for the youngsters that don't remember, don't know. <laughs> I mean, you got eighties is, which is like really rough time for country. Kind of, you know, you had this weird <laughs> period. There was some good stuff in it. And then the nineties, you kind of got into, I guess, depending where you're at, but like the whole grunt, you know, the grunge, right. Nirvana, oh, that sure. whole movement was huge, yeah. but you're in this whole other neck of the wood with this, the kind of a, a different type of right. The ska, which I don't know much yeah. about. Yeah. So, um, so that I was immersed in that. And then, um, eventually uh, moved up to Kernville and, you know, having the fly shop, I would meet people from Bakersfield. A lot of my customers are from Bakersfield and then meeting some of those folks and, you know, hanging out with them actually in Bakersfield and, you know, just that sort of thing. I had, I had no idea about the Bakersfield sound or the Bakersfield, uh, music, um, uh, style or anything like that and so it was really cool to get immersed into that and so a lot of my friends um, uh, families are in that whole uh, world and um, you know it just kind of just kind of was interesting to go and listen to these bands Um, some great bands country bands have come out of Bakersfield Dwight Yoakam Buck oh yeah Merle Haggard Um, and they even have a a venue there called the crystal palace, which was owned by Buck, Buck Owens, but all the country acts will, will come through this, this thing. They, they say it's like, um, it's like, uh, what's the uh, country town that's real famous. Yeah. The, the, um, yeah. In Texas. Yeah. So they say that, uh, Bakersfield is, um, is that on the West, which it is. Is that on the West? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Nashville. It's a Nashville. Yeah. Nashville. Yeah. yeah. And that makes sense because the Merle, I, I know Merle and I, I, Dwight as well, but I know Merle so well. I've been listening to him since I was a little kid and, oh, yeah. and yeah, it's such a style. His style yeah. is, was so unique. It was, um, and I, have you, have you seen that country music, uh, the, uh, PBS special? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. It's like, it's like a long, that thing oh. is amazing. It goes through the whole history of the country music, uh, yeah. the, just the whole history of country music. Yeah. But I mean, Merle was gigantic. He like came out of nowhere in the Bakersfield scene. Right. And just yeah. blew everybody away. And he's still, I'm sure one of the most famous country musicians ever. And uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. And so you attribute, what would you attribute that? Why is Bakersfield? Why is it that hot place when you look where there's not, not much else around as far as country? Yeah. I mean, uh, before I forget, Merle Haggard has a song, a really famous song um, called I'll Never Swim Kern River Again. Yeah, that's right. And he, uh, you know, talks about he, he, it's kind of a hearsay, but he talks about it. We don't know if it was his 
wife that he lost in the Kern River or his dog or, you know, there's all yep. this kind of uh, hearsay that goes on with that. But um, yep. what it's the sound is I think there's, um, you know, there's a, there's a Latin based there as well. Oh, and right. You listen to like Buck Owens music. Yeah. Accordion like in his music. Yeah. Um, you know, and it has kind of like that Tex-Mex kind of a, it does. Kind of a vibe to it, you know? Uh, yeah. I'm no expert on it, by the way, but I just... No, you're right, though. Yeah, I think yeah. you're onto something. I think that's part of what it is. Yeah, it's not just a Nashville... In fact, Nashville kind of to its detriment. I mean, I'm not a huge music buff, but I just know the history from watching the PBS yeah. special. But that's the thing about Nashville is it's Nashville. There was a certain sound they were going for. It's Nashville. And like a good example is uh, Willie Nelson, another one of the, the highwaymen, right, in, in, yeah. in that group. And and Willie Nelson at the time was struggling back in Nashville. You know, they wanted to wear a suit and do this Nashville style. And it, eventually <laughs> he sucked. He sucked there. And he said, screw it, I'm going back to Texas. And that's as soon as his, his whole career turned around. And he just said, I'm going to do my own thing my texas thing so i think that's the struggle the, the bad of nashville is that it's that and maybe the good of 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 it is obviously there's lots of good but i think that's the same thing for kern right that area or bakersfield yeah bakersfield is um you wouldn't know it but it's very country it's a very very country mm -hmm. big i mean it has all ethnicities there but it you know there is a big strong country influence there for sure i mean people are wear cowboy hats and you know they they uh they really enjoy that that lifestyle. Yeah. and there's farming there must be farming around things like that around the area oh big time yeah the the whole central valley is big time yeah. farming yeah. community you know yeah that's it that's it it sounds cool i love the diversity always you know thinking of places like okay you got the mix of, you know, kind of all the kind of influence of Mexico. You got this, you know, the the cowboy culture. Then you got just California, which is, has its own unique thing, right? I mean, California yeah. is there's not much else <laughs> quite like California. Right. Uh, so I don't know. It's interesting to me. I always love hearing these stories because I don't, not living down there uh, and just being on the outskirts, it's fun to dig into it a little bit. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, and the, going back to the music is, um, you know, I, I really didn't listen to you know, country growing up and stuff. I, I listen to it now, but you know, the songwriting that these guys, the songs that they write and the, and the melodies. And I'm like, man, this stuff is actually really good. You know, it's really, really good music, you know? And that got me really even more interested in it being a songwriter myself and listening to the, the, their songs and the lyrics yeah. and just the way. And you mean like, do you mean like Merle or just the country folks? Yeah. Merle for sure. Um, you know, all, all of them, all the country artists that have come out of there. You know, there's another really famous band, not country, that came out of Bakersfield called Corn. Oh, Corn, yeah. Yeah, Corn came out of Bakersfield and the um, the Swinging Armadillos, there's another, that's another mm -hmm. band that's come out of there. Um, and there's a really popular ska band, ska uh, reggae cumbia band that came out of Bakersfield. They're still around called Mental Buru. Mm -hmm. And they're a, another, like a local band, but kind of bigger than bigger than local um mm -hmm. but there's so many and there there's such a variety of of musical styles in bakersfield you know it's it's pretty cool really cool place quick question have you ever been out uh out and about and passed up a body of water and just wondered was there a fish is there a fish in that little body of water well, there's a lot of times that happens and you kind of bypass it well right now rare gear is going to assure that that never happens again the rod is a blend of traditional Tenkara styles and uh, and is what you might call the Holy Grail fly rods. It travels small, 
and it also casts super great as well. I've been casting this bad boy. It actually doesn't have guides. This is you got to check this out right now and see what's going on. No guides. It uh, you can actually telescope it out like a lightsaber. That's my claim to fame. If I had to choose one word to describe this, I'd just say efficiency. Great rod to complete your quiver. Head over to raregear.com right now to check out this unbelievably unique rod and find out what this rod looks like. Check it out right now. That's raregear.com. You support this podcast by clicking through that link over to Rare Gear. R-E-Y-R gear.com. Right on. Well, this is uh, is good. I'm just kind of thinking uh, out loud a little bit here. Uh, you know, I mean, your music is interesting because you're a musician. Never. Um, <laughs> we just had actually uh, an episode with Elon Stribling. I'm not sure if you heard of him, but he's out in uh, in Colorado and he's a he's a stand up comedian and a fly fisherman. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and so we du- we dug into it. Kind of similar to this, we got into more on stand up and, and started to hear that, and it was really it was really interesting because. I mean, he's got this passion for it, but he described what it was like getting up on stage and going multiple, like 10 shows in a row without getting a laugh. And <laughs> yes, you know what I mean? I'm like, wow, that's so But for you. I mean, you're out here writing music, you're singing. God, take us to the stage. What is that like when you're a musician in front of a crowd? I'm not even sure how big these crowds are, but it yeah. doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, what's that feel like? It's awesome. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've had, I've played for, you know, big, big, uh, audiences and i've played you know small venues and um you know the feeling of being up in in front of people i think the coolest thing is when you're you look out in the audience and people are actually singing your songs or they know you're oh, right your songs and they know it yeah and um so that, that's kind of a neat feeling you know getting up on stage you know as long as you're rehearsed and the band's tight i think it's it, it goes pretty smooth you know um, I got something really nervous happening for me tomorrow is, um, I'm going to be on this huge uh, radio station called KLOS, um, on the show called the Heidi and Frank show. And they're going to, they're going to be reviewing my two of, two of my songs on, on live air. And it goes out to like, um, thousands and thousands. Oh, wow. (laughs) They're reviewing. So they're going to listen and be like, would they give their take on it? Yeah. So it's a show called stay or go. So. Um, oh my gosh it, people will call it and say hey, it sucks <laughs> oh wow that's <laughs> or, intense or they, or they like it either way but or they like it so yeah. so that's it sounds like a nerve-wracking thing that's, for sure totally is is that more nerve-wracking or is uh is for you uh guiding uh more nerve-wracking oh, good question you know the um i think it goes the same way you know i i think there's always a little bit of a nerves you know before you go out on a guide trip you know because you want to you want to do your best and yep. you, want, you want people to have a good time and catch a fish or two, you know, so it's really, that's really important. So there's always that nerves of in the, in the first of the, in the morning time, you know, yeah. um, compared to like, you know, going up on stage in front of a couple thousand people, it's, it's very similar, you know, you want to be good and you want to make sure that you're, you're uh, good to go and, and everything yeah. right, you know, so it's very, very, very similar. Uh, feeling for me anyways and the the similarity being if you were say you know on a fishing trip the fishing trip sucks and your client maybe doesn't catch a fish right that would be the yeah. worst case scenario maybe and then what yeah. would be the comparison on the music end of that well i'll tell you a story so we were uh we were down in uh, uh mexico in san felipe mexico we did this did this tour with uh, some other bands and we were playing the spring breaks down in san felipe 
Mexico. And uh, we were playing this huge venue, a um, couple thousand people. And, um, you know, everybody there at spring break is just hammered, you know. And so um, we go up on stage, you know, and it's this huge crowd. And the uh, electricity kind of surges and blows up a couple of our amps. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and so we're stuck up on stage, you know, with kind of blown amps and, you know, the crowd's going, what's going on? You know, that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, man. How'd you get, how'd that one end? Uh, they figured it out where we borrowed some other bands, amps, and we were able to keep performing. It was a whole bunch of shows we did down there, too. So we had to keep borrowing people's amps and stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, but that was a pretty wild time. There's lots of those kinds of stories, you know. But um, that's yeah. that's kind of a, a spooky thing when that happens, you know, and got all these folks that want to party and hear some music, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's intense. And and so your time, you got this fly shop going. You got the music. Is that pretty much splitting up all your time, or you know, what else do you have going on out there? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So the uh, this you know we're, we're constantly in the studio recording. By the way, my band's called the Stoneflies. Oh, it is. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, I saw that the Stoneflies. So literally, yeah. that just how, how how it sounds. Yeah, Stoneflies. Yeah. Yeah. So we got you know have that going on. Um, I, uh, I do, uh, you know, some different, like I'll do commercials and stuff, you know, down in, um, Hollywood for like, they need a fly fishing guy in the back. Oh, no kidding. That'll do that. I worked on a, a movie with, a uh, dude named Christian Bale, who's an actor. Oh yeah. Uh, and, uh, he did that, uh, movie called vice, which he's playing Dick Cheney. Oh, and, right. Uh, and, uh, they needed a fly fishing consultant on that and um and and teach christian how to cast because he was playing dick cheney in the movie yep and, that's right uh, so they actually uh they came up here and they filmed all the fly fishing scenes which they cut a lot of it out but they spent oh, like yeah. three days up here um filming christian casting and fishing which was awesome and um he gained which, which was crazy he gained like uh an amazing amount of weight you know to play like dick red. cheney which is oh, wow. crazy. No kidding. He looked like him. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, that was cool. So that was a cool experience. So I do stuff like that. I'm kind of on the side, like, um, scouting, you know, for, um, what they need, like, uh, a place that mm -hmm. looks like Wyoming where Dick Cheney grew up sure. or stuff like that. And, yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's like cool. a little side, side gig that I'll do. Yeah. Um, that's kind of fun. And then, um, just the, uh, the podcast, the shop, the band, um, I've got two daughters, so that keeps me busy as well. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Full, full load, full <laughs> yeah. load. This is oh. good. <laughs> yep. Well, let's take it out of here, heading yep. back to the Kern. So we've kind of gone through a, a little season. We've gone around, and we're in through the winter and kind of coming back to the spring. Anything else we should know about? Like if somebody, let's just think if somebody's going to be planning a trip right now, um, yep. what would you tell them to get ready for if they want to head? To, maybe they're even going down to LAX, and they just want to go drive up for a little bit of fishing. Is there any other words of advice you'd give them? Yeah, um, you know, you mean like season-wise or, or? Yeah, or, like what would be, if you had to pick, you know, what would be the one, if you had to say one best time to come there and say, I don't know, say go for those golden trout, what would that be? Yeah, I would come up um, in uh, May or June for the golden trout. Okay. Um, you can fish them in the fall, but water's starting to get kind of low. Um, we The water doesn't get completely dry, but it just gets low. But May and June uh, is really really good for golden trout um the fall is awesome for 
uh, Kern River Rainbows on the main upper North Fork. Um, and then the summertime is fantastic for the carp and for smallmouth bass. Yeah, that's it. And then you hit the, and then when do you hit in the surf? I can't remember what's the, the, the time there. Yeah, I'm doing the surf year round. You know, you can do the surf year round, but the Corbina tend to show up in the July. I mean, that's like a really good time to fish, sight fish to Corbina is in July. Mm. So, um, the, the Ventura coast and, you know, the Los Angeles coast, um, is a great time to fish for Corbina for sure. Okay. Perfect. And, yeah. and just give us a couple of, you mentioned a couple of flies for those golden, some standard stuff, yeah. um, small stimulators, things like that. What would be a couple, if you said just you're out there guiding, do you actually guide for golden trout or is that something that just people go on their own and do? No, we do guide for, for golden trout, um, a lot. Um, and that's, just, you know, we'll take to people to places and, um, you know, a lot of people don't know how to fish for them because sometimes they'll go up there and I go, man, I was trying for them, but I couldn't catch them, you know, and they're maybe fishing downstream, you know, and every fish when you're walking downstream can see you. So they, they spook out, you know, so just little techniques of, you know, fishing from downstream to upstream and presentation, you know, helps them out and they can kind of help, it kind of helps them figure it out, you know? Yeah. So that would be the tip. If you had a couple, a uh, tip or two to give somebody, if they're out there for goldens, one would be fish from downstream to up. What else would you tell them if they're struggling to find, you know, to get a fish? Stay hidden. Um, you know, be stealthy. Um, don't move too fast. Be quiet when you're walking on the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, all that kind of stuff. Um, presentation, yeah. good cast. What are you using for your leader setup? Is this a really light leader? Yeah, really light leader. And, you know, typically a little bit longer. So you're, you know, you're not casting your fly line over the top of them. Like a, like a 10 over 10 feet, something like that. Yeah. 10 feet would probably be perfect. Um, and you know, six X is usually pretty standard. Yep. Six X. And are you using just single or are you putting a dropper multiple flies on there? No, the, you know, fishing for the golden trout, very rarely do we put a dropper. It's just mostly dries. They're so, they're so opportunistic that if you, if you get it in there and you make a good cast, they're going to eat it. They're going to eat it. Yeah. Right. Get it, get it within uh, whatever you think. Are, are you out there seeing them, you know, kind of coming up and rising and eating and casting to a fish or is it more like you just see a good spot cast there and, and, you know, cast around? Mostly it's sight casting. So you're seeing the fish. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Prior to, to catching it. So you're what you're looking upstream, he'll come up and eat. You can sit there, watch him eat a couple times, and then you can get into your position to get a good cast. A lot of the times we're sneaking up on them where they can't see us and we're casting over the bank. You know, like our yeah. our fly line's still on the bank and our leader just lands in the water so we don't spook them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, is, that sounds amazing. Sounds like another species got to add to the, do, to the man. list for sure. It's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun one. That's good. <laughs> So, uh, so here's the random one before we get out of here. So you've got the, the, the guy, you're obviously pro, uh, the, the, you know, at the fly shop, you got the musician stuff. What else would you be going pro in if it wasn't either of those two? Oh man, that's a good question. Or maybe what is that, you know, what is that hobby maybe you have or, or what is that thing in the past you've done that maybe you thought about? For me, it was, for me, it was the NBA back, right back in the day. Basketball uh-huh. was my thing, uh-huh. but, uh, but that didn't happen. You know what, man, is I, I, I I'm doing it, you know? Oh, really? I'm doing it. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't feel like I work if that makes yeah. sense. You know, like I, I come to work and I have this fly shop and I, 
Yeah. I'm on the computer and I'm doing the marketing and I'm doing all that, but I enjoy every minute of it. So you love that. You love that end of the, like the marketing piece, all that stuff, all the, you know, everything that's involved there. And I'm not sure if you do all that or how that works. I do. And I, I've kind of, um, I guess, you know, owning a, a fly shop, you kind of have to learn how to market and you have to learn how to merchandise. It's all these different jobs all in one. Yeah. And it's been, um, you know, learning experience for me, but I actually like the marketing aspect of it and I'm getting better and better at it. Um, but it's always, I'm always learning. I'm always studying, you know, how other people are doing it. And I'm like, Oh, that's killer. Yeah. yeah that's, that's super smart, man. How they did that. And not just with fly fishing, but other businesses and stuff. So I, I'm really interested in that, yeah. that aspect of it. I've, I've hired, uh, some guides that work at the shop. Um, and I'm not guiding as much anymore. So I'm kind of, I'm guiding, but not, you know, like I was every day, um, before now I'm just kind of, those guys are guiding and I'm concentrating more on the, the business side of the, the fly shop, mm-hmm. which, which I'm enjoying, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to run a fly shop and guide at the same time. Yeah. That's, know. that's hard. Yeah. We've, that topic has come up a lot over the years, uh-huh. even when we first started, you know, people saying, yeah, yeah. You get in it for to do that, but then you actually do the shop and you find yourself kind of almost, some people would say stuck in the shop, but if you love the shop, then I'm sure you're not feeling like you're stuck. You, you kind of love doing it. Um, what yeah. would be for you, if you had to give somebody a tip of, say they have a fly, maybe they're a new fly shop owner, what would be one thing you would tell them to maybe help them? Love it, man. Love the questions. Um, you know, I, I hear, I've heard folks say, I'm going to retire and I'm going to open up a fly shop. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. No, <laughs> you're not going to retire. Like, you know, my, the guys that, that work for me and lady that work for me, they, they can't believe how much I work, you know, like there, mm-hmm. there's, you know, some days like yesterday I was in here for 15 hours. I was at the shop, you know, but yeah. it, I'm just, you're just, that's what you have to do to, to do it. So if you're planning on opening up a fly shop, plan on working your, you know, what off yep. to get it to where, it actually runs, you know, and it's a, it's a lot of, a lot of, uh, trial and error for sure. You know, like for me, one of the f- things that, that was really difficult in the beginning was, you know, knowing what to order and how much to order and, mm-hmm. you know, and I would, I would order stuff and it'd be like way overkill. Like, Oh my God, what am I going to do with all this stuff? You know, and then I have to discount mm-hmm. it all that kind of thing, you know? So it's an art that just, just buying the right products and and knowing what's going to sell and all that is an art in itself of you know owning a retail business yeah and that's uh that's part of the difficult part um and then you got the you know dealing with customers and you know making your customers happy and you know all that kind of stuff yeah that's awesome there's there's so much to it it's yeah, it's really cool. I, I love the I love hearing the fly shop stories. It's uh, always something that's super interesting to me, especially when you talk to people like yourself that are so passionate about it. You love it, and um, yeah. and it's the business. I mean, the fly shop yeah. is literally the fly fishing is known for. It's such a cool thing to have local fly shops, right? That's the amazing thing. Oh, for sure. I got to tell you this one story real quick. Yeah, there's time, but uh, I was on. The, we we started the podcast, and it was pretty funny because I got this idea from another, uh, uh, fly shop and it was cool because, um, on the podcast, we start talking about, you know, these people are coming in the shop and, 
you know, they'll ask all this information and they don't buy one thing. Right. And the other guides are like, yeah, man, isn't that a trip? They'll ask all this information and they don't buy one thing. They just walk right out the door, you know? Yeah. So I said, so I started saying, I go, what do you think would, if, um, if a guy came in and he brought a six pack of, of beer to the shop, do you think he's going to get all the information, like where to go, the right flies and all that stuff? And the guys are all, yeah, he'll probably be hooked up. Right. So the next week (laughs) I filled up the refrigerator in the studio. I filled up the refrigerator (laughs) in the shop. I mean, we had all these incredible, uh, beers, you know, from different breweries that came up and where people were, were given to us, you know, it was amazing. And so we were still very stocked with beer. (laughs) Put it that way. <laughs> so I love that you went to, I love that you're going to the beer because that, if everybody knows that have listened to this, they know that's one of my, you know, a good IPA is, is my sweet spot. What, what's your beer? If you had to pick, I know, I know California has some good brews. Is there one you'd give us here? Okay. So we have, I'm going to, I'll have to get your address. So I'll send you, um, oh, we, nice. have, we have a brewery here called the Kern river brewery. Oh, perfect. And they have, they have won first place many, many years in a row at the Great American Beer Beer Fest. Yeah. So they have all these award-winning beers, and it's this little tiny brewery that has That's these cool. amazing beers, man. And they're doing – Yeah. they opened up kind of like – the owners were kind of like me. They just started the business from scratch, and they, it's just blown up. And um, in the beers, they have a, a, a beer called the Citra IPA, which is pretty famous – uh-huh. They have all these um these great beers, man. And I'll have oh, to send you good. have to send you a couple and you'll be like, oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. I think that's one of those things. That's the awesome thing about the local. It's almost like the local fly shops. You got these brews that some of them go national and you see them everywhere, but you got yeah. a lot of these amazing brews that you'd never even heard of and, and yeah. have a great beer. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. I think I have heard of the citra. Is it the citra or citrus? Uh, it's citra IPA. Yeah, citra IPA. It won some award and it, it had this like huge it still has this huge following and people just love it it's delicious there you go good so we'll put a link out and give them a shout out uh, yeah. on, on social if we can eventually here uh, nice guy well this has been a lot of fun i always yeah. love these episodes where we we take a turn and we go down some you know rabbit hole of, of more <laughs> of the you know what i mean the passions and fly fishing is just it's like all of us right we're here because we we, we kind of have that passion but there's so much diversity in what we all do right some people love beer some people yeah. you know who knows so it's been fun chatting with you just give us a heads up in the next year give or take um anything new you want to give a shout out with you know kind of either the business or you yeah. know, personally yeah no i'm um i'm good there man yeah perfect all right all right, man. Well, I'll send everybody out to kernriverflyshop.com if they have questions. And definitely if people are heading down to Southern California or anywhere near the Southern Sierras, definitely we'll swing in and, and give you a shout out. But uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time today. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm a big fan and wish the best for you. So there it is. Another one in the books, wetflyswing.com slash 325. 325 will get you the show notes, get you the links and probably get you I'm sure there's going to be a uh, a video, a uh, music video. I hopefully, hopefully we got one a guy and his and his music in there right now. You can click play, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a Merle Haggard video. If it was me, I would throw in a Merle Haggard. It'd probably be it'd probably be Kern River, right? I'll never swim Kern River again. That that one's there. So check it out. Listener spotlight, surprise spotlight. Richard Sargent. Shout out to Richard Sargent. Uh, 
We're trying to put together another not episode. So Richard, if you're out there, I'm hopefully going to talk to you uh, this week, catch up with you, see how things are going. I wanted to give you a shout out and say, I appreciate your support for the podcast. Appreciate you for being a listener. And, uh, and as always, anybody out there, if you want to check in with me, social media, wetflyswing, or send me an email, dave at wetflyswing.com. Would love to give you a shout out if we get a chance here. Appreciate your support. If you're listening right now, all the way to the very, the very end of this one. We are wrapping it up. We had a little bit of a uh, yard work day, wrapping up the yard work. It's always fun to get out there and uh, do some yard work. (laughs) Not my favorite thing, but it's better than, uh, probably better than work inside the house. All right, I'm inside right now, but I'm gonna wrap this one up and head outside. I hope you're heading out on the water. We've got a big trip coming up, some big trips coming up uh, this year. Uh, If you get a chance, would love if you could check in with me and, uh, and let me know. We'd love to get out and fish with you. We've got some big trips. We're heading around the country. We're heading to the Midwest. We're heading up north. Hopefully, we're heading south and, uh, and maybe west. All right. Thank you. Talk to you soon. On the water or online. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.